Hello and welcome to Main Menu for August 12th, 2011. I'm Chase Crispin, and I'll be your host for the next hour here on Main Menu. Jamie Pauls is on vacation this week, and will be back as scheduled next week. This week, we begin with a tech update. In this week's main feature, Jamie Pauls, Tim Cummings, and myself discuss note-takers. What are our options for note-takers currently? Can the market handle this many note-takers? What can and can't we do with mainstream devices? What issues are there with the note-takers that are out there now? And where do we see mainstream and blindness technology going in the future? That's what's coming up on this week's edition of ACB Radio Mainstream's Main Menu. Update, a technology news segment heard on ACB Radio's main menu in Accessible World's Tech Talk. Hello, main menu in Tech Talk. This is Chase Crispin with the tech update for the week of August 8th, 2011. This tech update will be fairly brief. I only have two tech items this week. First, there is an update to the NFB Trans Braille Translator and the WinTrans interface for it. This is a program that was formerly developed by NFB that is no longer being developed. It allows you to translate .txt files, text documents, into contracted Braille. The new update allows support for Windows 7 and 64-bit operating systems, and now we might have hope for seeing future updates to the NFB Trans and WinTrans interface. Jamal Mazrui is the one who helped update these two pieces of software. So if you would like to get the NFB Trans program and its associated WinTrans interface, you can visit empowermentzone.com slash wbtsetup.exe. That's empowermentzone.com slash wbtsetup.exe. Note that NFB is not developing these updates. This is an open source program. Code Factory has released MobileSpeak version 5.6 for Symbian. The major highlights of this release are some fixes for the newer Nokia firmware updates. Many people had noticed bugs in these firmware updates, especially with the browser. These should now be fixed. There is also now global cut, copy, and paste commands, as well as support for the built-in Nokia radio app. There are many other small bug fixes and enhancements in this release. To learn more about MobileSpeak version 5.6 for Symbian, you can visit codefactory.es. This will conclude the very brief tech update for Main Menu and Tech Talk for the week of August 8th, 2011. I'm Chase Crispin. Thank you for listening to this week's Tech Update. If you have any comments or anything you would like to see added to next week's Tech Update, please call 206-337-4383 or email chase at acbradio.org. And be sure to listen to next week's Main Menu. This week on Main Menu, I'm joined by Chase Crispin and Tim Cummings, two members of the Main Menu production team. And this is the first time we've done a Main Menu production team chat. So welcome to the show, guys. 
Thanks for great having me on. It's great to be here. Great. Well, this week, um, we're actually going to talk about note-takers, and we're not just going to talk about um, specialized note-takers. We're going to talk about mainstream devices. We're going to kind of discuss what we use, what we have, what we use our note-takers for, also what mainstream devices we have. And we're going to kind of look at what tasks we use for which device. And uh, and then we're going to kind of wrap up with maybe where we think uh, mainstream devices with regard to accessibility and specialized note-taking devices for the blind might be headed. So, um, Chase, let's go ahead and start with you and uh, and let you talk to us a little bit about what, first of all, what note-taker or note-takers are you currently using? I am currently using mostly the um, Braille Plus from APH. It's actually very recently been discontinued, but for students, it will probably be in the quota system for quite a while. And there's quite a few of them being sold, so you can probably still find a Braille Plus. Um, it's a pretty small device. It has about a 60 gig hard drive and built-in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and all that fun stuff. And it's about the size of your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a Braille keyboard, and it also has a QWERTY docking station that you slide it into, and then you have a full QWERTY keyboard. And it's a device that's available to all students, K-12, through the uh, quota program with quota funds. So you, you should be able to get a Braille Plus for school. Okay. Wow. I can remember when a 64-megabyte flash drive or a compact flash card was what you got with your um, note-taking device with a little bit of RAM internally. Tim, what what are you using today? I'm actually using the Braille Plus also. And just to give people an idea, if you don't have access to quota funds, if you were to buy a new Braille Plus, which I don't I don't know if you can anymore, actually, but right. they I think they retailed for around thirteen or fourteen hundred dollars originally, and uh, there are a lot of used ones out there on the list and so forth. But that's what I'm using as my uh, main note taker. And just as a historical note, um, my note taking um, usage goes all the way, all the way back to the original Braille and Speak, so which a lot of our listeners probably remember with great fondness. Absolutely. I started um, for note takers with the Braille and Speak also when I was in first grade. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing. That's funny. <laughs> it, yeah, it was kind of getting old by the time, um, but I got that school trusted me with the old Braille and Speak more than a laptop as a first grader. So I started with a Braille and Speak, then I got a laptop, then I got a Braille Plus, and I started using that. Now I'm guessing with the Level Star Orion, which APH calls the Braille Plus 18 second generation. As that evolves more, I think I will gradually start to phase out the Braille Plus and begin to use that because it's a lot newer with more advanced features, hopefully. Exactly. I also started with a, an old Braille and Speak uh, and then actually graduated to a Braille Lite um, 2000, which was um, an 18-cell Braille display, and um, then went to a PacMate from Freedom Scientific. That was the original one, not the Omni. And it had the original uh, Braille display that came with it. I am currently using a Braille Note uh, Empower 32 cell, uh, which is about a $6,000 piece of equipment. Obviously, most people are going to need a little help purchasing that. Um, I have briefly, very briefly, looked at a Braille Sense, uh, just with probably maybe maybe an hour playing with it what were your impressions since you kind of played with the three big competitors as far like what did you see as advantages and disadvantages of the other two pac mate and braille sense 
the PacMate, I used a QWERTY keyboard and with a 40-cell Braille display. Um, I liked it. I always thought it was a little slow, and it seemed to me that, that the unit would lock up frequently. That was my experience, again, with the original unit. Um, as far as commands were concerned, I, I was comfortable with the um, Windows-like interface, I was never crazy about the keyboard, and I've not used a lot of laptop keyboards, but for some reason, in probably five years of having the thing, I never was really what I felt like was proficient on that particular QWERTY keyboard. Um, I'm not sure why that is, whether it was just the size of the keys or what it was, but I was never, ever comfortable typing on that unit. What did you think, Jamie? Um, and this is this kind of brings up another point of discussion, but it's interesting. One of the biggest philosophical differences, of course, between humanware and Freedom Scientific was that the PacMate had off-the-shelf applications that you could run as opposed to uh, humanware. What did, what did you think of that whole... Did you find that an advantage, or did you not take much advantage of that? I really didn't take a lot of advantage of it. There were a few things I tried to run. Um, it seemed I can't even remember that far back now exactly what I played with um, maybe some games or something but I, I didn't have a lot of success running a lot of off-the-shelf software I know it's always one of the things that they said you could do but um, I, you know again it's kind of like um, a lot of Windows programs sometimes you actually uh, will get lucky and there will be some good accessibility and sometimes it could require some some scripting and, and so I never found uh, a lot of real off-the-shelf uh, accessibility there. My cell phone is powered by Windows Mobile 6.5, which is the operating system that powers the latest version, latest update to the PacMate Omni. And I'm using Tox for Windows Mobile, which is a product that, shall we say, never really developed. Right. But I have found that the vast majority of third-party applications that I have tried have not been accessible. So I don't know if it's really necessarily the PacMate, but it might just be win- the way developers write Windows mobile applications in general. Just they, A lot of them just really not, are not accessible. And that's a fair point. I guess the, the problem comes if a user purchases or has one of these uh, devices purchased in hopes that they're going to be able to run a gazillion other programs. They're going to be probably disappointed. So I think that's a, mm-hmm. I think it's a good point to point out that it's not necessarily the fault of the company that develops the note taker, but that the result still might be less than what a person would would expect. As far as just the Braille note goes, um, what it does, it does really well as far as word processing. I love the Braille display. Um, that the Braille note was the first time I was introduced to thumb keys. Um, the PacMate's original Braille display just used buttons that would feel a lot like cursor routing buttons. And there were a whole bunch of them that would pan the Braille display right, and then there were a whole bunch of them on the left, that any one of which would pan the Braille display to the left. So on you had two rows of those buttons. The bottom row was the cursor routing buttons. The top row was the buttons that you would use to pan um, left or right. And I always found it was kind of slow to read have to reach up and hit one of those buttons. I, I never liked that nearly as well as I did the actual thumb keys like are on the, uh, the the Braille Note. I guess the biggest disadvantage of the Braille Note 
It's kind of interesting because what I use my Braille Note for, and I, I, I'm kind of jumping a little bit too, but we might as well go ahead and, and just do it this way. I am a musician, so I write set lists for, for shows that I play. Well, I could do that on about anything. I could do that on the, the most basic note taker out there. I could buy an old used Braille, or Braille light on, on eBay and, and do that. Um, I also take notes. I'm a therapist, and I work with students in the classroom, so I do a lot of note-taking on students, have a, a large file for each month, and I have all the students in alphabetical order, and so I'm constantly jumping forward and backward and uh, inserting text, that sort of thing. So I find that either with the PacMate or especially, it seems, with the Braille Note, and I got the, the Braille keyboard on the Braille Note, um, I like that a lot better because it just makes the unit more portable. It's just much smaller. Um, It's easy to quickly grab the note taker. It has the instant on feature. You just flip it on, pull up your file, um, make the changes, stash it, you know, turn it off, stow it away and get back to work. So that aspect of the device is great. If I was going to do things with it, like do email, chat, surf the net, all that good stuff, um, I'm not so sure about the latest, um, the Apex, but I know with the Braille Note Empower, you know, a lot of those things are not nearly as as easily accomplished, from my understanding, as they would be on a computer or even my iPod. I've heard the Empower actually is quite a bit, and I haven't seen this, but I've heard because my wife has a the original Braille Note, but I've heard the Empower actually is quite a bit faster at pulling over emails than the original Braille Note was. Right. And I'm sure that the the apex, the, the the very latest, is is probably that that way as as well. We've kind of talked about what um, specialized devices we have. Let's talk about what mainstream products we are using. We can not just stick with note taking. If we want to go ahead and and get into listening to music and reading books as well as other features, let's go ahead and and do that as well because it's all going to kind of dovetail together. I think. Um, Tim, we'll let you start. Okay, well, let's see. I um, aside from my Braille Plus, I have a, a old but still functioning desktop uh, PC, mm-hmm. um, which I use for um, I use for some word processing. I use for email. Although I have to say, I do I do a lot of my email on the Braille Plus just because it's so I find it so much faster. To especially if I've got a lot of messages to get through, I find it so much faster in the Braille Plus. And Chase, you probably find this too. I do. If I see a message and I don't want to read, I just hit the delete key and it's gone. I mean, it's just so quick, um, which I really like um, about the Braille Plus in terms of that. In terms of listening to music and so on and so forth, I do. I do a fair amount of that on the Braille Plus. Um, I also uh, read, uh, bar, download books from Bard. And listen to those books on the Braille Plus, and also RFB and D as well uh, on the Braille Plus. And uh, I find it very nice for that because obviously it's very portable. I do have one of the we do have one of the NLS large players, which is very nice, um, but not as portable as something like the Braille Plus. So it sounds like you really do get um, not not only just you know basic functionality out of the Braille Plus, some some word processing and that sort of thing, but you you really are able to do quite a bit on that on that unit. Then, oh yeah, I don't do um, 
I mean, it is a little bit sur- it's slower at surfing the net than a PC, um, but in terms of email, in terms of and podcasts, that's the other, that's the other thing that I will that I do is I, I store a lot of podcasts uh, on the Braille Plus, so I use it for that quite a bit, and um, so I do I do I do definitely uh, use it for a lot of a lot of different things, and and sometimes I'd rather uh, you know for example listen to podcasts on the Braille Plus than on the computer. So, sure. Okay. Um, Chase, we'll let you go next. Okay. Well, I will um, kind of split up my technology. I'll kind of talk about school first, and then I'll talk about what I use at home. For school, I use two things. I use the Braille Plus. And the reason I use the Braille Plus for school, I've done a little bit of research on the other note takers. I have not had an opportunity to get my hands on the other ones, but I've done research. What I like about the Braille Plus is it... For, for school, I'm obviously going to need the word processor a lot. The word processor is not super advanced, but it supports bold, underline, italic, center, aligning left and right, etc. So it allows me to do what I want. It has spell check. It supports a lot of file types. So if my teachers say, I don't like .doc files, Word files, I want RTF files, it's very easy for me to just you know create a second version of that file and send it to them. I also like the uh, email client on there. I send e- my all my assignments into my teachers through email. And that email client, I it's really easy to filter emails, so I can um, set up filters very quickly. It takes about 30 seconds to create a folder and a filter. And then I'll filter all school stuff to that folder. So when I'm at school, I just usually check that one folder of email. And that's also very nice. Now, the web browser is not one of my favorite parts of the device. So when it comes to a lot of extensive research or doing PowerPoint presentations, Excel spreadsheets, etc. I have a MacBook. It's the latest generation of the MacBook. And it's currently running the latest update to Mac OS 10.6 Snow Leopard. It also is boot camped, which means it can completely power off and turn back on and come up in Windows XP. I have JAWS for Windows installed on there. And then I can use the Mac side or the Windows side to do my PowerPoints and Excel spreadsheets and extensive research. So I use the Braille Plus quite often and the MacBook in second place. One thing I do like that I didn't already mention about the Braille Plus, I kind of mentioned it, but not how I use it, is that ability, like I said, to just slide the Braille Plus into the docking station and have a QWERTY keyboard. You literally take the Braille Plus and slide it inside the dock and it goes completely inside of it. So, for, for example, if I'm taking notes and that type of stuff, I might often want to use Braille, write in grade 2 Braille, because I started writing Braille a long time before I started typing on a QWERTY keyboard. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to math, it's not too fun to type very long algebraic equations on a Braille keyboard. Right. So I'll oftentimes then just slide the Braille Plus right into the docking station, then I have a QWERTY keyboard at my disposal to do math, and if I want to use a QWERTY keyboard, any of that. Now okay. for home, I use my Braille Plus for a lot of stuff. Email, um, I use the Braille Plus because, like Tim said, it, it is a very nice email client. It, it's very fast, and the filters work really good. So I use that. Um, I listen to a lot of my books on there from Bard, Bookshare, Learning Ally, etc. Um, it has a very nice built-in interface for Bookshare. It, you basically There's an actual application, and you search for the Bookshare book. You press select on it, and it goes and unpacks into your bookshelf real, very quickly. I also use um, the RSS reader in it, which is a, it handles podcasts and RSS feeds very well. And then when I'm listening to podcasts, I can also speed them up if I want to go through 
go through them a bit quicker. So at home, I mainly use the bookshelf feature, which is where you play all your books. And then I use the RSS reader for my RSS feeds and podcasts. At home, I have a laptop, which I use a variety of screen readers on. I use JAWS and System Access, NVDA. And then I have this desktop, which I use for a lot of my uh, main menu production stuff that you hear. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to just you know doing entertainment or whatever, I use my iPod Touch it's a third-generation iPod Touch, so it doesn't have the camera or any of that fun stuff. But I use that for some email, a lot of listening to music. I have a lot of apps on there, so I play some games like Stem Stumper and Papa Sangre and a lot of those. And I have just a lot of apps that I use for all kinds of stuff. I have a lot of other technology here, but at home it's mainly the laptop, desktop, and Braille Plus and the iPod Touch. Very good. I'll... Um just kind of run down what I have and what I use. I have an, um, a computer here, a desktop computer as well. Currently running XP still. One of these days I'd like to move to Windows 7. This computer is probably a little too old to do that, so um, kind of already in the process of sort of looking at laptops. I've never owned a laptop, believe it or not. My wife and I have always shared one computer, which surprises people when I tell them that. We've been married 12 years. Um but I, I really think I want to keep this XP computer for broadcasting, like like you said, Chase, for main menu stuff, for uh, the live internet broadcasting I do on uh, Interactive and, and just recently on The, the Legend. Um, so I want to keep the XP box around for as long as it will stick around. And I think if I can start to lighten the load on that computer, um, that will help. So I, I definitely probably want to – I'd love to have a MacBook. I really want one. But when you look at the price, um, you know that may be a, a little while off before that happens. I don't know. Um, I certainly use the, the Braille Note for my work. Um, talking about word processing, it has a very full-featured word processor. A lot of uh, functionality I don't use, but cer- certainly a lot of things I do use. Um, in the particular model I have, the Empower... It doesn't handle Word documents as well as it should. A lot of times you can bring up a Word document and it appears blank. So you almost are better off to pull things up in in RTF format and save things in RTF uh, on the Braille Note. Now, I understand the Empower and especially the latest upgrades to the Empower are working to fix that, and I don't know how successful they have been at doing that. But I do know that is one real weakness of the uh, the braille note is just in the file format handling unfortunately using the device itself to read to write you know is is great it's it's wonderful um i also have an ipod touch third gen and i love it i use it for all of my music listening i use it for audible i use it for um wow pretty much well, just I, I will surf the net some. I have a, a, an Apple Bluetooth keyboard, which really expands the possibilities with that unit a lot. Um, I will do Twitter and email on there as well. Um, so I find that I, I use it quite a bit. I also have two more gadgets. Uh, I'm a little a, a little top heavy here. I'm I'm trying to offload some stuff. I have the Victor Reader Stream and the Bookport Plus. Um, the Stream. I actually prefer a little bit as a player because it just mostly because of the longer battery life. Um, I really like the way the stream uh, organizes um, content. I think the bookshelf structure of the stream is great. Once you get past having to put everything in certain folders, 
if that bothers people, then they might not want to want to go that route. But if it's okay, that's a good um, product. Of course, it's showing its you know its age uh, as far as not being able to do wireless um, communications of any kind. It does not have a clock on it at all. Some people are going to find that to be um, a hindrance. The Bookport Plus is a great unit. I think still has a little ways to to go um, as far as file structure, navigation, that sort of thing. I'm I don't like it quite as well. The battery life is not nearly as good, in my opinion. But I will not say that it's a bad unit at all. It has a stellar recorder. It is a ph- phenomenal recorder, and of course, it's totally accessible. Um, so you can do some stuff, some good stuff with something like the Olympus DM, um, you know, 520 or later products now. But as far as really knowing exactly what you're doing, the book Port Plus is, is great for that. I've not had a chance to play with the book since, but I've heard some really good things about that product as well, as well as the Plex Talk Pocket. One comment I wanted to make about the stream, and I don't own a stream. My wife has a book Port Plus. I think uh, the stream... Uh, uh, next to the NLS big player, I think the stream has the best speech compression around. Yeah. Uh, I, I would agree. I, mm-hmm. Yes. I have a uh, stream and a book port plus. I use them, but um, like I said, I use my Braille plus a lot for books. But I agree with both Jamie and Tim as far as comments about the book port plus and the stream. They both do have strengths and weaknesses, but I do agree with what's been said. It's worth mentioning when we were talking about the recorder that the Bookport Plus has a level indicator. It'll tell you when your level is normal or high or low. Of course, you can turn it on or off, mm-hmm. but that's a really nice feature if you want to know how your levels are. And I think it has one of the best built-in mics around. As if, if you need to grab a, yeah, grab a recorder and just record something quickly with a built-in mic, it is phenomenal for, for that. The Victor Reader Stream is not particularly good at all for that, in my opinion. I mean, it's great for if you need to record a memo for yourself, which, to be fair, I think was its original intent. And I think we do that a lot. I think blind people will buy a piece of technology that's, you know, intended to do certain things, and because there is accessibility there, we want it to do everything. We want it to... It's like we're just constantly pushing the envelope and constantly pushing these developers to say, hey, you know, now that you've gotten it to, to do this, this, and this, we'd like to have these other six features, if you don't mind. And in some cases, they can accommodate that, and in some cases, they really can't. Um, so I think uh, probably developing for the blind community is probably a real challenge, because we quite truly are never satisfied. And I think that is because of the nature of so many things that are not accessible to us, and that when we finally get a product that is, uh, you know, we really push it to to the edge of the envelope so to speak also if we're if we're investing anywhere from 1500 to 3000 or 6000 dollars i mean i think that also comes into it as well and even on the low end of the spectrum i mean you're like you're talking 275 for the plex talk pocket i'm not sure what the book sense um sells for i mean those are not cheap i mean that that's ipod territory there and some of the the more higher end ipod territory as far as even purchasing the the more portable uh, specialized players so yeah you're you're right there is some outlay of of money that goes into into this stuff it seems in recent months there's been a lot of passion and of course if there's anything the blind community can do we can get passionate about whatever we want to talk about whether it's switch screen reader to use or um 
you know, which cell phone. I noticed that none of us at this point have iPhones. Um, I plan to get one when my next upgrade rolls around. I know that Chase plans to do that. Tim, do. is that something in your future, or, or are you thinking about that yet? No, I've got a, uh, I've got a Samsung Haven here, which... Um I'm very happy with, and I, I, you know, it took me a long time. I, I, I had one of the original LG phones, mm-hmm. Jamie. I think you remember the the forty six fifty. Yep. And um, and I upgraded to the Samsung Haven, and it's for me. It's been like night to day. I mean, because just so much of the Haven is accessible as com- as compared to the LG. And I have no desire to do email on my phone. I have no desire to do web surfing, any of that stuff. I primarily use my phone as a phone. I don't even text, <laughs> uh, which I, I think is, um, I think it's more a generational thing. Um, I think but, you're probably right. Yeah. But, um, but uh, you know, going, just going from the, the LG to the Samsung was like just night and day because, you know, whereas with the LG, I think, you know, once you got down past a certain level of menus, nothing talked, probably right. 99.9% of everything on the, on the Haven talks. So Yeah. I also have a, a Haven, and and you're right; it is a great phone. And the, you know, there are are people who are, I think, who do a lot of travel. I think there are people who do a lot of traveling who um, really want and need a lot of the functionality that a lot of these smartphones provide. And I think that's f- wonderful. But they almost it seems like people can almost sometimes look down on people who choose to to use the haven or a less complex device and i'll have to admit that kind of bothers me a little bit because i i really think the haven meets the needs of a great number of people who don't want a data plan they don't like like tim just said i don't text i don't do email on my phone why should i pay 30 well now 50 bucks a month um for that privilege if if I don't want it. And, and I mean, I bought a Haven for 50 bucks and a completely, as you said, 99% accessible cell phone for 50 bucks is, was unheard of a few years ago. So, um, I think we really do have more choice today than, than we've ever, ever had. Where do you guys see the specialized note taker market going? Do you think there's going to be, um, are, are school districts going to be able to continue to buy this stuff? And and do you think there's still going to be a, a need for it? Um, Chase. As far as where I see it going, I see the current generation that people have now of note takers gradually being phased out. And I'm speaking specifically of PacMate, Braille Note, Braille Sense, Braille Plus, um, simply because for two reasons. A, their operating system is pretty old. As we know, uh, Windows uh, Windows Mobile is now Windows Phone 7, which is inaccessible. Right. For two, the hardware is fairly out of date. Um, most of the products have very small internal memory. The Braille Plus does have a hard drive. But all none of the products have, let's say, 802.11N, Wi-Fi, or any of that. Now, um, I also see products like the iPhone and the Android continue to evolve and become more accessible. But what I ultimately see as the solution for blind people, and this is what I truly think from what people have said, is what we're going to have to do is run a mainstream operating system with a lot of mainstream functions on some proprietary hardware that is up to date. Because um, 
I have an iPod Touch. I love it. I plan on getting an iPhone, and I'm very excited about that. But in school, I don't see myself being able to use an iPod or iPhone or iPad or whatever in the classroom because I don't know of a word processor app, for example, that's very advanced that would allow me to do find and replace, spell check, as well as being able to um, use a Braille display. I use a Braille display all the time in the classroom, almost. And um, to be able to use Braille, now iOS does support Braille. Um, that That's true. It's a little rough around the edges. It's not super instant. So while I would like to be able to use the iPod in the classroom, I don't know at the current time if it's possible. That Most stuff is possible on it, but more advanced word processor, a very advanced with a lot of navigation, um, is close to being possible on iPhone and Android. Safari is very close on iPhone, and uh, mobile accessibility has released the browser separate on Android, and that's pretty good. But I do think devices like the um, Level Star Orion, the APH Braille Plus 18 second generation, and the unnamed National Braille Press note taker that are coming out are going to start a new path um, of note takers. Maybe they won't even be called note takers anymore. I don't know. But I think a lot of companies are going to start to use new hardware in an open system like Android, for example. Now, they can make that accessible, do some stuff to make that device accessible, but to be able to have new hardware and access to what you want um, for mainstream as far as apps and stuff, I think I really see that as where things are going. So kind of the the blindness products as we know them and the mainstream products as we know them kind of coming together and merging for us. Absolutely. that I, I agree with you um, totally on that. Tim, do you have anything that you want to add to that? Um, yeah, just a couple of things. I think that uh, I don't. I don't think in this current market, uh, aside from the Orion, um, aside from the unknown quantity that's coming from NBP, I just don't think this market can support all these note takers. And I don't know. Who, I don't know who's going to go first, but I just don't. I just don't think it's happening. The other thing I think that has really started to kill the note taker, or or, or shorten its life is not only the iPod and the iPhone, but the fact that, for example, you can go out and get a netbook for a couple hundred bucks, and if you have a screen reader, put it on that netbook. Um, And you have a fully functioning computer that's very small, that can do word processing, that can do internet, that can do email. Um, And that is a lot cheaper than, you know, any of these other competing products. So I think I mean, I think we'll have to wait and see what happens with the Orion and some of these other devices. But I just don't I, – I, if, if, if Humanware and Freedom Scientific try to come out with similar devices, I just don't think the market can ultimately support all these devices because I, I think the market's just too small. I think some competition is good. Like I'm glad in a way that Level Star EPH and National Braille Press will be – competing because if there's no competition at all, there's not going to be any innovation because there's not going to be any competitors trying to do better. But right now, there are four, three or four, depending on how you think of it, big ones, big note takers. And then there's lots of small ones like that Pronto from Bomb, and there's lots of different ones. And as you said, Tim, the market's just not going to support it. So um, I can see us having options 
as far as our note takers from different companies. But I don't see having this many note takers from this many companies with this many configurations. Like the Packmate, for example, has six different configurations, and I think the Braille Note has the same. So I think we're going to see fewer, but I don't think we're ever going to go down to one specific company. I do know people, um, talking about mainstream technology, I do know people that have used or do use exclusively, let's say, a computer and an iPhone. But as I said, for me as a student, I just don't, not that I know of, and feel free to tell me if I'm wrong, I don't know if um, there's any apps for Android or iOS that allow for an advanced word processor and that kind of stuff. So there, for many people, mainstream technology does perfectly what they need to do, and that is fantastic. I'm very glad that the um, different developers have made the mainstream operating systems go that far that some people can use them. But for me at this time, I do think I still need that specialized note taker. Well, I know as a musician, I you know I will show up to a, um, a show sometimes, and uh, the guy that's the leader of the band that I play in, well, country music, um, will say, hey, guys, I got some more shows. I need you to check your calendars. And I literally have to set my Braille note on the edge of the stage and quickly find dates, um, you know, and tell him, yes, I can do that one. No, I'm busy that, that weekend. Um, I have added contacts and calendar entries on the iPod Touch, and it's not nearly... I mean, I can do it. It's doable, and it's it's very doable, very accessible. But as far as the speed of being able to quickly flip back and forth from date to, you know, where a sighted person can open their calendar and look, or I'm sure even on the iPod, you know, more quickly scan, um, a blind person is going to be a little slower doing that. So I, I think as far as uh, efficient, quick uh, moving around, like you say, Chase, either in word processing or in my case, uh, calendar contact management, that sort of thing, I think there are, there is still a place for some some specialized um, products, but I I totally agree with everything that's that's being said. I I don't think that the new products are going to look anything like what uh, the older products have have looked like. I think you're definitely going to see a marriage between mainstream and and specialized. I have a friend who's a vision therapist, and she works as a, a teacher for visually impaired students in the Kansas City school area. And she sometimes gets handed equipment that she has to teach a student how to use, and she's never seen it, so she'll bring it to me, and I sit down with her, and we look at stuff. So I get to play with new toys sometimes and actually help her out a little bit in the, in the process. You're but lucky. I, I tell me about it. I, yeah, she always apologizes for bothering me, and I always assure her that it's really not a problem. <laughs> she's, she's got a GPS unit she's going to bring and show me one of these days. I'm not sure what that is yet, but uh, that, that should be fun. Uh, but I, from talking to her, school districts are buying used units. I'm not seeing any new products being handed to me to look at. These are some some older units, and I'm wondering if that's not a pattern as well that we're going to be seeing. These school districts are hanging on to these these units. A student gets out of school, and you know maybe the the, the district keeps that that note taker, and so. I'm wondering really how many new products are being purchased these days. I think um, I've kind of noticed this not with technology because I'm the only blind student in our district. So I kind of am very fortunate to be able to kind of say what I need and slash or think I need. Right. Um, But 
there are a lot of budget cuts going on because of the economy and there are a lot of just changes in general going on in the school district. I know teachers in general are being given, you know, new teachers, they're getting the old generation of MacBooks or yeah. we even still have the old iBooks in our district. So it's not necessarily blindness technology. But I think part of the problem is the note takers are so expensive. The cheapest one I know of and is, is the Braille Plus and that's $1,400 basically. And that's a lot. And then you get into ones um, with the Braille display or you have to purchase a Braille display with that Braille Plus mm-hmm. and you're talking at least three to $4,000 up to $6,000 and with all these budget cuts in the school district, I think a big problem is they just simply can't afford it. So I, you know, I guess we can hope that the econ- economy is going to improve and we can start getting new technology. But unless there's something that the new product really does way better than the old product, the old products are going to still be in a cycle of giving to people over and over. So there's going to have to be a lot of changes, positive big changes, to make school districts and consumers in general buy the new products. You're going to have to say this does something big that the other ones don't. That's a great point. There's been a lot of, of, of evolutionary change, but not a lot of revolutionary change. Um, I mean, the, the Victor Eater stream was a revolutionary change. It was. That, that was something that we really hadn't seen before. Um, the Braille Note in its day was, a, from what I understand, just a breathtaking device um, when it first came out, you know. But uh, it's been a, a while since we've really seen something revolutionary. Now, it will be interesting to see what Orion brings to the table with uh, you know some some cell phone integration and and some of the the things that it that it brings to the table that's going to be uh, something we will definitely cover very uh, thoroughly here on on main menu but um, yeah I, I think that's those are great are great points think back to when um, the Braille and speak was revolutionary I mm-hmm. mean and think of how many of Braille and speaks there are still around and that's why I think Chase is right I think. You know, even though we're going to have with Orion and these new products, you look on the list. There's still a lot of you know uh, Braille notes out there. Still a lot of Packmates out there. I mean, if somebody doesn't want the latest and greatest note taker, they can get a really good deal on some of these older note takers if they're looking for something and they don't want to spend you know top dollar. And for people in schools, both. Um, if if. Like when humanware, and I'm just using this as an example, I'm not um, picking on humanware in any way because what they've done to the, for the Braille Note has helped many, many, many people. But when they released the Apex, it was smaller. I think it had some more memory, but there wasn't anything shocking. So a lot of people say, well, why do I need something with maybe a little more memory and that's a little smaller when I've got this and it does what I want it to. So these minor changes of adding a little more memory or a few more Braille cells that's just going to have to stop and they're going to have to basically redo the whole thing if um, people are really going to start to get new things. Because for a lot of people, and this kind of goes back to what you said earlier, Tim, of, well, I don't want email on my phone and I don't text. Well, many of those people that use note takers maybe don't want to listen to books on their note taker or get online. So for some of those people, the Braille and speak might be fine because all they want is an actual note taker. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I think that's part of the problem is companies are doing a lot of minor updates and there's nothing that's you know really changing from update to update in the hardware that's that's a good point we can eventually get into the screen reader discussion we we probably should should do a separate chat on that topic one of these days um 
who knows what Windows 8 is going to bring. We know there are going to be some pretty major changes. And that uh, has, those are going to be some fascinating developments to, to watch as, as well. But I think, uh, I think those are all good points. The, the last thing I, I kind of want to bring up is the subject of how to meet the needs of everyone from young children to old p- people in, in nursing homes. I mean, um, I think the NLS players probably do that pretty well. I've not gotten to see the, the free player. I actually haven't received one yet. I've thought about uh, calling to check and see if I'm going to get one or uh, what. But um, I think that's one of the things they really had to think about was, you know, how can this device meet the needs of of as wide a range of blind people as possible? Um, Do you see that as much of an important thing with note-takers? Tim? Um. Yeah, I well, you know, I don't know. I I I haven't, you know, done any studies to see uh, you know, for example, what what note taker has it. I mean, in some ways it's interesting because in some ways the braille and speak going back to that. Yeah. It it for we can look at it now as very primitive technology, right. but it was a very easy note taker to to learn and use yes. and very very powerful and um, and very intuitive, mm-hmm. and so, in some ways, I think some of the some of the newer note takers, um, you've got to you've got to look a lot more under the hood. I mean, you've got to do a lot of you know reading through manuals and stuff to kind of figure out what's going on. So I don't know how much that's in the mind of. Um, I mean, I think with the stream, it definitely. Um, but well, for example, here's another thing that's interesting. You, we mentioned this. I know in the latest version of the uh i guess it's the the book sense they're talking about putting in spoken commands yes that's a good point and i'm wondering if that's being integrated for you know for not only people with other disabilities but for senior citizens who may not want to use you know a lot of buttons or a lot of memorize a lot of menu commands so that may be something else that they're that they're thinking about but in terms of the note tickers I don't know how much is going into into the thought of kind of universal de- design in terms of age related requirements. Chase, this is I'm kind of like Tim. I'm not really sure because again, I don't really know old you know really old people or really young people either <laughs> right, who right. who use the note takers. But um, it, it it's just something that companies it, it's you would really have to be careful because. Um, if you put in too little, there's going to be people who complain that it doesn't do what they want or need, but then there's going to be people who say, I'm overwhelmed because this does too much. Now, somehow, um, Apple did something perfect because I have heard a lot of stories about people using the iPad. I mean, we're talking um, like kindergarten age kids, first graders, young kids, as well as adults in their 80s. You know, older people. Right. And I think it's because with the iPad, it has certain apps built in, you know, notes and calendar and stuff that people will use. And then you can go to the app store and you can get hundreds and thousands of apps. It's basically limitless. So right. with the iPad, it's, it's expandability that gives you all the uh, different choices for what you can do. But somehow Apple did something right with the iPad that it seems to appeal to about everybody. So I think. If a company wants to develop a product that everybody's going to use, they will really need to do some research 
as to what everybody wants, not just, you know, what's become the default set of features in a note taker. I have a friend who's a blind music therapist, and he purchased an app for his iPad that allows, you know, a lot of times you'll use visual um, cues for students who can't speak. So they'll, you know, point to yes or no or whatever, or, you know, I want a drink. Well, he found an app that uh, was in the special education market. Well, because he's using voiceover on his iPad, if the student touches this icon, he's going to hear the visual feedback so he knows if the student made the correct choice or not or what the student's asking for. I mean, that's phenomenal. It's, it, uh, I'm, I'm like you, Chase. Um, Apple really is – I have to wonder if they knew what a good thing they, they were doing. I mean, I, they would never admit it, but I, I have to think possibly they've even been a little surprised, maybe. Uh, although I might, I might be wrong. There are some smart people that work there. But I have to wonder if this technology has maybe developed a life of its own in in some ways. I agree. Uh, um, we're coming to the close of our discussion here. We've got about four minutes left. Um, is there anything that uh, either one of you would like to, to bring up, maybe that we haven't talked about? Any, any thoughts regarding... Uh, you know, note takers in general, mainstream technology, what you'd like to see maybe, or, or um, you know, that sort of thing. Well, uh, Chase, I'll let you go first. Um, I don't really have that much to say, but just, you know, to our listeners, if, if you're looking for a device, you know, don't, don't feel pressured because a agency that's helping you purchase wants you to get the Braille note or your friend loves the Packmate and wants you to get that. Do the research because I've seen so many instances. I'm on a lot of lists, and I've seen a lot of instances where people – it can be note-takers or screen readers or phones or whatever, and they get it, and they say, I don't get this or I don't like it. And it's because they didn't you know, do the research. They relied on what people told them. So if you really are looking for a product that you're going to like, I know it's not too much fun, but you might want to talk to people who use the products and read the manuals because – these products are expensive, so if you're buying them or if somebody's buying them for you, that's a lot of money. So just, you know, make a good decision. Just do some research and really find out, you know, if you want a note taker or an iPod Touch with a Braille display or what you want. Just do some research and, you know, there's so many options out there right now. Just, you know, do what you want to do and find something that really meets your needs because there's so many options out there right now. That's a great point. Everybody has an opinion, and and everyone is pretty invested in their opinion, as uh, my pastor likes to say. Don't get too invested in your opinion. Uh, but we, we do. We get very invested in our, in our opinions, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, one size does not fit all, and, and they're really – I mean, choice is great. Um, Tim? Yeah, I would just say that I, I – totally agree with chase on that and i think that um you know there's been um uh, some pretty vocal people in the bananas community who've talked about um note takers as kind of the ghetto and i just think that's the wrong way of looking at it i think everyone does have a choice and and the fact that we have a great number of choices is important and i think the first thing that people should think about when they're going to determine uh what they're going to you know what note taker to get is first sit down and say what am i what specific things do i want to be able to do with this device whether it's a note taker whether it's a netbook whatever and you know then from making that list that'll help you kind of narrow down your search in terms of 
what devices might fulfill those needs for you. Um, and that's the key is to really know what, what kind of daily tasks, like we've just talked about, what kind of daily tasks are you going to be doing that you're going to be using this piece of equipment for? And as well as being on the main menu production team, I'm the producer of the Cooking in the Dark show heard on the ACB radio, Mainstream. If you'd like to get in touch with me, my email address is thcummings, that's C-U-M-I-N-G-S, at comcast.net. If any of you would like to contact me, you can email me at chase.crispin at gmail.com. That's chase.crispin at gmail.com. You can also find some more contact information for me, and you can also find some of the podcasts and stuff that I have done by visiting my website, and that's at blindmobiletech.com. It's just like it sounds. It's all one word, blindmobiletech.com. Excellent. Well, we'd love to hear from our listeners. Um, you can send a mess or an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org. We'd like to hear your thoughts on this particular discussion. What do you think we got right? What do you think we got wrong? Uh, what did we not cover? Uh, what did we not talk about that you think we might could have? And what would you like to see us discuss in the future? If you like these chats, um, let us know. Uh, we could potentially do a lot more of these with the main menu production team where we'll sit down and have a little roundtable discussion. Um, what subjects would you like to see us talk about in a panel format? We do lots of reviews. We do lots of demos. But what would you like to just hear a little give and take on? If you would like to discuss this with other main menu listeners and you know, kind of talk about what you use and that type of stuff, if you'd like to send it to all the listeners as opposed to uh, just the main menu address, you can subscribe to the main menu friends list by sending an email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. And there you'll be able to... Um, Discuss with other listeners, you know, what they use and what they want to see. And we always like to get messages on that list. There's not too many, but we are always glad to hear from the listeners and get some discussion started on it. Um, if you guys have suggestions, you know, and you let either on the list or to the main menu at acbradio.org address, I can tell you that I, I don't know about all technology. I only know about what I use, but I'm certainly willing to do whatever I can um, to get what you want on the air. So just... Let any of us on the team know or on the friends list, and we will do our best to get it on the air. If you're a Twitter user, twitter.com slash main menu, all one word, all lowercase. Uh, that's another great way to interact with us. We do check that uh, Twitter account regularly. I do. Chase does. Uh, you're liable to hear from either one of us. You may not know which one of us it is. but uh, <laughs> That's very we true. Will, we will be happy to tell you if you actually want to know who you're who you're visiting with. Well, guys, thank you for uh, visiting with me tonight. Uh, Tim, I'm glad you joined us. Oh, this was great, Jimmy. This was a lot of fun. Awesome. And Chase, thank you. You're welcome. It was a lot of fun. I always enjoy doing these panel discussions. Of course, I do a lot of reviews, but it's always great to talk to other people and do these discussions. So thank you for having me on, Jamie. And Tim, thanks for joining us. And I really enjoyed it. This concludes this week's edition of Main Menu. We hope that you have enjoyed the program and that it has helped you. If you have any feedback about this edition of Main Menu, or if you would like to contribute something to the show, you can find all of our contact information on our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. 
On behalf of Jamie Pauls and the entire Main Menu team, I'm Chase Crispin. Have a great week.